When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the day after the Queen's Justice was served, and you guys have some great reactions and some wonderful hot takes and some second takes on what's going on in this episode. There is a lot. We're going to be unpacking this for a few days, I'm sure. So call in with your thoughts, your ideas of the Queen's Justice, episode three of season seven of Game of Thrones. Oh my god, Ken, this season has been unbelievable. This episode was unbelievable. But the Queen of Thorns, no, I loved her, and it was so sad to see that happen. I'm glad, though, uh, she at least got to tell Jamie that she was the one behind Joffrey's death. That was so sad. Um, Sansa and Bran reuniting was also, it was very sweet, but Bran has become kind of like cyborg-like. It's very, very fascinating. John and Danny, all that good stuff. But again, it comes back to the Queen of Thorns. No. Hey, Ken, Kevin Ross. I need some Game of Thrones counseling, much like you folks do over there at Jedi Counseling, because I don't think what Cersei did was wrong. Overly drawn out? Yes. Needlessly cruel? Yes. But it was Oberon that chose to go fight the mountain. It was Oberon, through hubris, that got himself killed, and then... They decide to take all this anger out on, on Cersei's daughter. I think any parent would feel the way that Cersei does in that situation. Now, did Cersei go a little over the top? Yes. Did Cersei, instead of just making a quicker, a quicker, cleaner death, could have still kissed her, but a quicker, cleaner death? Absolutely. So it's needlessly cruel. But I think it actually is justice. Give me some counseling. I'm, uh, I'm concerned. Thanks. Oh, Ken, if I've got one word to describe episode three, it is intense. As I mentioned on my uh, reaction on Stardust, the tension was so incredibly high all the way through this episode. In every little uh, segment, in everybody's points of view, just this, the tension was just so high. And the, the, you know, the misdirect at the end, I mean, I, I certainly didn't see that coming until it was too late uh much as you know <laughs> it went according to plan uh but i am so excited to hear your thoughts on it uh this one is definitely my favorite so far of the episode i know it's only the third episode but man this was a good one i loved it way intense hey can i just got done rewatching the episode for the third time and a couple more thoughts um sansa and brand's reunion it was sweet but it, for me it didn't pack anywhere near the kind of punch that her reunion and john uh packed uh, last season but it's understandable because that was the first time sansa or john had actually seen any family in a long long time other stuff in the episode i really liked I mean, that scene with Jamie and the Queen of Thorns was just outstanding. I mean, that, that could actually end up being the best scene of the season. Who knows? But it was, it was that good. 
just a great episode. I mean, Cersei's revenge on Hilarious Sand. Uh, even the talk with Varys and Melisandre, I thought, was very good. Daily Thrones fans, let's take a moment to pay our respects, to say goodbye to the Queen of Thorns, Elena Tyrell. That, to me, was the best, perhaps the best, I'm putting the in front of it, the best death scene on the show. We talk about warriors going out on their shields, and Elena Tyrell is a warrior, without a doubt a warrior. She was from the moment she arrived on the show until the moment she left. Diana Rigg, who I knew growing up from the great Muppet caper, but was a Bond girl and had a fantastically long career. I'm so glad she shot back on to the pop culture landscape with this spectacular role. What a role. She didn't steal the scenes she was in. She already owned them. They weren't yours for her to take. You were in a scene with her. This was supposed to be Jamie Lannister's crowning achievement, his crowning moment, part of his crowning achievements, I should say. He was doing this for his love, Cersei Lannister. It's a little bit of a backsliding, regressing Jamie. We thought he had grown. We know he has this stuff in him. And I think the fact that he was able to talk Cersei out of this, these, these gruesome deaths for Elena and just with simple dignity of the poison speaks a little bit to Jamie's true heart. But it's supposed to be his scene. He's taking Highgarden for his queen. But we will always remember it as the Queen of Thorns and her moment to drink the poison bravely, courageously, in the face of certain death. Takes basically her life in her own hands. Takes fate in her own hands. She's not going to wait. She's not going to grovel. She drinks the poison and then says, oh, by the way, I did it. And I want you to know that. I want Cersei to know it. It was one of the best exits on the show and a testament, again, to Diana Rigg. So let's take a moment. I want some calls coming in to tip our hats and to raise our our poison-free wine glasses to the Queen of Thorns, one of the best characters in television history, without a doubt. I'm definitely sad to see the Queen of Thorns pass on. She was a great character, and she brought a lot to the show, of a very strong matriarch, and that's always wonderful to see strong female roles for older actresses. Um, that was a fantastic scene be- between she and Jamie Lannister. Uh, I never really liked the... Uh, the sand snakes stuff so the ending of that was appropriate i suppose so i was kind of glad to see that and i'm i'm really looking forward to everything that's coming this season i i love that everything is cycling back into uh all the the kids being together again and i'm really excited Hey, Ken, I completely agree with you. The Queen of Thorns, she was amazing. I am so sad to see her go from her very first scene in Season 3 to her final scene last night. She owned every scene. I cannot imagine anyone playing this role but her. I'm going to miss her tremendously. She had such a presence about her. And I agree with you. I think this might be the best death scene in all of Game of Thrones. My, I, I, you know, I love 
the golden crown scene with Viserys, but this might have been even better. Goodbye, Queen of Thorns. I will never forget you. Hey, Ken, just calling in about Lady Elena's death on the show. Um, really sad to see her go. She brought so much charisma and charm while being stern and forward at the same time um, to that character. And every time she was on screen, it was an absolute joy to watch, and she was the one you wanted to hear from. Um, I think that death scene is now one of my favorites in Game of Thrones for a couple of reasons. I loved that she got the last, as the Queen of Thorns, got the last thorn in the side of Jaime and Cersei by telling Jamie how she killed Joffrey and making sure that he knows that she wanted Cersei to know that. And I think that was just so well done. And the other reason is that that death was um, almost unexpected in a sense of how it was done for me. Game of Thrones has us so conditioned to expect these violent, grisly deaths, and, and instead we get a couple that are, that are just insanely poetic and well executed. And not to say we don't get that, but it was nice for a change. So thanks for taking the call, Ken. Have a great day. So, I just came across your station, and I just wanted to call in and talk a little bit about Game of Thrones and how my mind was blown, but I just feel, like, am I wrong to feel that I really want Jon Snow and Daenerys Targaryen to be together? Like, I know they're related, but I just feel like they should be together. I want them to be happy, but I will say that yesterday's episode like blew my mind like there were so many things that happened that like just got me so excited like at first i was super excited that bran was back and that him and sansa were able to be reunited but then the meeting itself was so extremely uncomfortable that i felt weird about it but i'm like aria's on her way they're gonna be all reunited this is gonna be awesome but i really loved how it ended it was awesome tell cersei that it was me I'm the one that killed him. Okay, a couple of thoughts to address on this past episode of the Queen's Justice. Kevin had a call we put up earlier here, admitting admitting that he's kind of on Cersei's side. He kind of sees where Cersei is coming from and kind of likes what Cersei did to Laria Sand and Tyene Sand. And you know what? Kevin's not alone. I'm there too, and I know a lot of people today, whether it was uh, in the uh, uh, reacting to Collider Thrones talk, which I host every Monday, and uh, just in general on Twitter, social media, I saw a lot of people talking to me and just talking in general that, hey, uh, Elaria Sand kind of had that coming, and Cersei's really good at this, you kind of got to tip your hat, which is what I love so much about Game of Thrones, we talk ad nauseum about these shades of grey. Cersei's not really in a shade of gray. She's bad, but it's a well-earned bad. This has been a lifetime of, well, she's got privilege. We know that. She comes from a world of privilege. She's not from Flea Bottom. She didn't work her way up, but she had some bad cards dealt to her. I, I, I have, I've always had sympathy for a, a large part of Cersei, and a lot of it, though, is, is she's a, reacted badly to some of the hardships and bad things she's experienced, but She's also reacted very, very well, very, very strategic, and very, very brutal. At the end of last season with Winds of Winter, with uh, taking out the Sept of Baylor, that to me was her crowning achievement, perhaps her peak. But then look what she's doing this year. She is taking out her enemies. The this, this season starts with her on a map telling Jamie, we're surrounded. 
Jamie's almost taunting her, saying, you, you have three of the seven kingdoms. With a little help from Euron, well, a lot of help from Euron, Cersei has not just even the odds, they're back in her advantage. Danny's on the ropes already. There's got to be some kind of change. Danny's already talking about just getting on a dragon and flying out there and doing some damage, which could be dangerous. We know with Kybird's arrows uh, waiting down below. So I think, Cersei, you have to tip your hat. And Kevin, you are not alone. It's impressive what she does. I believe her when she says she doesn't sleep well. Believe her when she says she's up late dreaming of ways to kill her enemies. It shows. Second call, new caller uh, called in uh, from the station, Smeared Lies. Thanks for joining us here at Daily Thrones. This is where we use your voice and mine to talk about the world of ice and fire, particularly the, the show, Game of Thrones, of course. And, yep, Smeared Lies is saying another thing a lot of people are saying, but I think even more are afraid to admit it. Let's address the elephant in the room. There seemed to be a little bit of heat between Jon Snow and Daenerys Targaryen, which we know... As, as readers and viewers, that shouldn't be. They're probably related. All right, it's not 100% confirmed, but we can just go go ahead and say what it is. That's, that's her nephew. That's his aunt. And even though Targaryens are not opposed to that kind of loving, we've seen Jaime and uh, Cersei have some really hot scenes, including this week. It's still a little off-putting. It's still wrong. But you have to admit... In story, these characters at this time, Danny is probably absolutely looking across at Jon Snow and thinking at least a part in their back of her head. Marriage and love isn't on the forefront of Danny's mind, that's for sure. It doesn't need to be, but marriage, for political reasons, is. It is on the minds of a lot of people, a lot of lords and ladies in this land. You gotta think, she's looking at Jon Snow and his little hair bun and thinking, all right. I could, I could, I could dig this. This could be a good political marriage. I like his brooding style. And Jon Snow still hasn't gone over Egret. we know that. At least he sets what he uh, communicated to Melisandre in season five. But you got to think, I mean, that's, this is one of the most beautiful women in the world. She's got dragons, she's got power, you need her, she needs uh, you. If you marry, then you can maybe take on every, uh, every enemy, Night King, and beyond together. You got to think it's crossed their mind. Will it be dealt with? Will this be how Jon Snow finds out? Will Jon Snow be telling someone, you know... Uh, Hey, Bran, good to see you again. I met a girl. Bran says, oh, I got something to tell you, John. That ain't your girl. That's your aunt. Could be interesting. But Smeared Lives, you are not alone there either. Kevin, you're not alone appreciating Cersei. Smeared Lives, not alone. And picking up on some heat between Janny, Danny and John. What do you guys think? Keep the ball rolling. Keep the discussion going here on Daily Thrones.